0: Good evening, gentlemen. Well, hello there. Hey, now. Welcome to December. We are in December. Yes. How's December hey. out there in California, Greg? Oh, it's been pretty chill so far. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> What's the weather like? <laughs> Can't complain. I mean, I never check
0: it. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Sorry about hmm. it. No, no, no. That's why the rent's so high. I guess so.
2: Yeah. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. First time I ever but, went to uh, San yeah. or, uh, San Diego, I was just like, this is just unfair. It's it's just unfair because mm-hmm. it's just the perfect weather all the Always. time. Mm-hmm. And then it like rains one week and then everybody complains. Well,
2: it's rainy week. Yeah. Oh, it's that rainy God, week. Wednesday
0: was the worst. Oh my mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, there's a flip side
1: because I, I grew up out east. I like rainy days. I like the excuse of not having to. All right. Oh yeah. You you know it's like every day here, it's on you to not go outside.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, That's you fair. Through, you, That's fair. Some of that guilt. <laughs> you, know, if, yeah. you just want
1: to when, when you have that rainy day, and it's like, oh, I guess I, I guess I'll just have to lounge around all day. Yep. <laughs> you know. I like those days. So. Well, I hear you're coming back yeah. out east. We're ready to smack you yeah. in the
0: balls with this cold, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh boy!
1: Well, I'm gonna bring my big coat. I mean, I, I, I you know, I don't, I didn't forget. All right, you know, well, my I memory like is not sixty years. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> sixty
0: years.
1: Just Yeah, no, no, it'll be especially because I'm going to, I'm gonna be in New York and Boston area. Oh snap. So, Really? And yeah, yeah, so. Cool. It's gonna be extra cold, I imagine.
0: Yeah, that's what I hear about up there.
1: mm mm-hmm.
2: Mhm.
0: <laughs> Nick, so, how you hanging in, buddy?
2: Huh? Huh? Ah, uh, man, it's like it's, the. The stroke of midnight on the 30th of November, and everybody just got like the flu or whatever the hell's going around. <laughs> oh. So it has been, uh, we have been. We have managed, we are coping. I'm hoping for a, a, a straight night's sleep tonight. That'd be great.
0: Your cheeks still seem rosy. I mean, you don't seem too...
2: I mean, I'm going to do my pre-show makeup, Jay. Oh, right. Of course. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have.
0: <laughs> I should have assumed.
2: My bad. My bad.
0: Well, it's well, yeah, no, it's, it's well done. It's well a, applied. It's eczema. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's eczema. It's it, a rosy it's, cheese. It's just straight eczema. dry skin. <laughs> my pores are killing me. Ah, mm. burning. Oh, man. No, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, it, so it's been a rough few days, but um, excited for the holiday season. We got the tree up. Um, oh, nice. We got uh, we got to actually get we got to jam last Thursday. We
0: fun. sure did. That was a lot of that fun. That great. That was the beginning yeah, of so. three days of getting to play music in a row outside of my mm. house. For me.
2: I can't wait to hear about the uh the million Elvis night. Uh, yeah. yeah,
0: it was a hundred Elvises, night of a hundred Elvises. Okay. So I don't want to oversell sure. it. Sure. You know? Who am I <laughs> if
2: I didn't exaggerate, right?
0: I, it was fantastic. I don't want to. To be honest with you, it was a bit of a disappointment from years past. You know, they're kind of building okay. it back that's, up. That's most of the things you go to, but not a night of a hundred Elvises. Night of a hundred no? Elvises almost always smacks like it, and it smacks in a way. It, you never know what you're going to get before you get there. Okay, um, sure. which was true that's, for this that's year too. too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but this year it was a little bit more downplayed. Like in the past, they rent out this entire hotel in downtown Baltimore, and there's there used to be like five. It did or seem
2: six, smaller. Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it, there used to be like five or six stages going on at one time. So you know, as a wow. band, like you would go from one stage. Oh, they need you up on the 16th floor. You know, in 20 minutes, so you hustle up there and you play your three songs, and then come back down, and then you go to the green room, and get a bite. But this year, there's only two stages really going on, and uh, there's still a lot of people. Everyone had a great time. Everyone was dressed up. It was a good time. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I think it's all a build up for next year. Um, okay. Gotcha. So
2: they had a test run up before they bring it back full egg? full uh,
0: full speed. Exactly, exactly.
2: But it was a good time. Good.
0: All right. Right cool. on, dude. Yeah. So very all cool. Right. Well, we got a lot of stuff to get to. What do you say we get into it, boys? Let's I'm do down. it. You should check it out. Yes, that's right. you are tuned in, you should check it out once again, forgetting to think of uh, Segways since 2018 uh, but happy to that's be okay. here with you nonetheless um, mm-hmm. next week is going to be twice as good and and very funny, I assure you yeah um, mm-hmm. but you can just skip this one yeah, exactly we will we'll just give this no, one, I don't do that. We'll give this one a miss as the as we'll the try <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> Happy to be here with you, nonetheless. It's a beautiful Thursday, uh, wherever you are in your part of the world. Uh, This is episode 226 of the You Should Check It Out podcast, and my name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And we got a pretty cool show for you tonight. I am going to be celebrating the life of a very interesting guy, Um, a guy that I was introduced to mm, at the right time, Um, probably for the (laughs) wrong reasons. Um, Sure. But uh, fascinating performer nonetheless, so we'll be talking about him. Uh, Nick, you got some, it's not a news with Nick, but you got some news. No,
2: I'm on to follow up with one, though. Oh, a follow-up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you did bring follow- this up
0: before in past.
2: I, I brought it up, yeah. but I hadn't read into it, and I uh, thought we'd dig just a little bit deeper. Excellent.
0: Some journalism.
2: Yeah. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> and Greg, Very
1: good. perhaps you'd like to describe Joe.
0: what you'll be getting into tonight.
1: Yeah, well, uh, basically, somebody asked me, um, hey, Greg, these two songs, are the same, aren't they? But I didn't know what one of them sounded like, and I mm. hadn't had the time to go listen
2: to it's it. A tough one to answer, then.
1: Yeah, so I and I kept trying to find the time to do it, and then I realized maybe I could sort of work it out as a segment.
2: Hey, uh-huh. two birds, yeah, one cause, theory. Cause, cause, nice. Yeah,
1: because basically... Uh, I think that there might be some uh, some fun little like analysis that we could use to kind of compare two songs that are pretty recent and um, oh like the new determine hit? whether one of them like the new huh? hit
0: music that yes. there into?
1: exactly that's right uh, that's right all right and uh, and maybe see if one of them influenced the other mm. see what you guys think too nice okay I dig it all right. All right. Yeah, um, that, 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 that bit, by the way, is, is going to be called "In Theory." In theory, mm. uh, yeah. sounds like in a great. Say now, it sounds like a great. Yeah, bit. yeah that's right. <laughs> in yeah. it theory, it and Nick actually named. See if that theory Nick holds actually, up. It well, yeah. Nick uh, actually named it because I sort of did something like this with the uh, Ed Sheeran Marvin Gaye controversy. Oh, that's right. Back. Yeah, yeah. And so Nick, uh, in the, I was actually trying to remember when that was, and I was going back through old episode names, and then I landed on that, and Nick had said. In the, like, the the Marvin Gaye at Sheeran trial in theory. Ah. That's what he said. So, so yeah. So, I'm going to snag that. Cool. We're going to keep right. that. And we're going we're gonna to try it again. But with... Uh, there's no trial yet. But there may be one, depending on <laughs> how close you <laughs> eat these songs You're gonna are. You're going to open let's the
0: gates, <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's see how that goes. Um, in the meantime, let me get things started off, boys. Let's do it. I was... I was disheartened to hear, maybe not surprised to hear, but disheartened to hear nonetheless, that the great Irish rocker Shane McGowan passed away Shane McGowan. last week, uh, last Thursday at the age of 65. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Shane McGowan, uh, he's known for a lot of things, uh, but for now, we'll leave it at, uh, he was most famous for being the front man of the, an Irish band called the Pogues, and right. uh, he was at the helm of them for most of the 80s, and... Um, when I was introduced to them by my roommate at the time, around I'd say the ripe old age of nineteen, maybe twenty, it was with a bottle of whiskey and uh, uh-huh. with this uh, album, which is called "If I Should Call, If I Should Fall from Grace with God." And I'd like to play the opening track, and it is called "If I Should Fall from Grace with God." <laughs>
2: watching mm-hmm. a, a 90s, like, rom-com or, or British rom-com or something like that. A British rom-com? <laughs> what? Yeah I, feel, yeah, right. yeah, I feel like that's in something. <laughs> like the British Friends? <laughs> right? Yeah, where there's a rock go. It's just kind of introducing you to, like, a little town with the dinghy or something like that. You know, that. it's funny that you should say that. It wasn't in a rom-com as far as
0: I know, but okay. it wasn't a Subaru commercial. Okay, ah, <laughs> close go. enough for the Subaru Forester. Yeah,
2: yeah what'd I say? British rom com Subaru <laughs> commercial. Whatever,
0: close enough. The funny part is they like replaced all the verses from that. Like they didn't play any of the verses; they only played like the chorus. Let me go, boys. Let me go down in the mud where the rivers all run dry, and I'm sure it's like a mm-hmm. Forester like splashing through the mud. Yeah, yeah. but um, so the thing about Shane McGowan, okay, I mean, he's the guy that's singing there, mm-hmm. and um, some people would say, is he singing there? Um, but to me, he has this amazing voice and this amazing delivery and this amazing energy and this amazing spirit, and I, I fell in love with it, the style more than anything immediately. First of all, the Pogues are a freaking great band to back this guy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I fell in love with the way that he delivered and his kind of drunken, you know, revelry, and he looks like a goddamn gremlin if you ever pull up a picture of him he's missing half his teeth and got these ear like big dumbo ears and like just one of the ugliest men you've ever seen in your entire life and that just fascinated me right out the gate because the pogues were such a huge band in the 80s and not so much in america but definitely in britain and ireland um they were huge over there so the whole thing kind of fascinated me. It wasn't until later in my life that I actually like dug into his lyrics, and he wrote most of these. If, you, if they weren't doing traditional Irish songs, they were doing songs that were written by Shane McGowan that were kind of in this traditional Irish style, and the lyrics are just so good. I mean, the guy was a real huh. poet. He was a real talent. You probably couldn't, you know, if you don't have a good ear for the Irish accent and— slurred, mumbled, gravelly Irish voices. Um, The first Mm -hmm. verse goes something like this. If I should fall from grace with God where no doctor can relieve me, if I'm buried neath the sod but the angels won't receive me, let me go, boys. Let me go, boys. Let me go down in the mud where the rivers all run dry. And it just continues like that for like five verses and it's really, really, really poetic, beautiful stuff. And I didn't get that till much later in life. Um, hmm. but there's, yeah. you know, uh, there's been no shortage of outpouring from artists, um, not just artists, Irish artists, um, but artists all over the world, um, who have sung the praises of this guy. Do you guys n- know anything about the Pogues or know anything about Shane? No. no v- very little. Yeah. 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 Very little. M- m- mainly I knew about his
1: teeth. <laughs>
0: <Fairly>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, famous teeth. Famous teeth.
2: I mean they, they've had some breakout of. songs that I that we may or may not touch on. But, yeah so I'm yeah. familiar in that regard, but not not the band, not the, the I story don't think they ever them. had
0: any hits in America, including their one biggest song, which we which we will get to. Um, but their impact was pretty huge. Um, he's a real interesting story, just real real quick on it. He he was yeah. born in uh, County Tipperary in Ireland, lived in this this kind of communal house with his farmer family, like large extended Irish family until he was about six when he moved with his mom, dad, and younger sister to London. And uh, he said he hated living in London. He always dreamed about going back to Ireland. But, uh, you know, lived this kind of crazy existence, was was seen very young as like kind of this prodigy, this very gifted, literate child. Um, mm. Went to a very famous English boarding school, which was promptly kicked out, out of and you know, basically lived on the streets of London. And this is the part I didn't know, that that he was actually like like one of the first like famous punk rockers from England. Like whenever the Sex Pistols really broke out. And he wasn't Mm -hmm. a musician at the time. He was just, he was like one of the most famous faces of punk rock at the time. Yeah. Gotcha. Because obviously he has this famously ugly face that was like the face of punk rock. And there was this famous... A scene at a Sex Pistols gig very early in London where he was uh, hanging out with his girlfriend at the time and they were just going crazy in the crowd while the Sex Pistols were playing and they were biting each other <laughs> for some reason <laughs> and his girlfriend ended up going too far and biting off part of his earlobe. Oof. And Jeez, so pizza. blood spatters everywhere and a, a reporter for the Daily Mail snaps this famous picture of Shane McGowan. This is before he became famous. This is like in 1977.
2: Recently lobeless. Yes. Shame exactly. Me. And it became
0: mm-hmm. a very famous like he became kind of the face of English punk before he ever entered the punk scene. Like he was just like a wow. he was a hanger on, really. Crazy.
2: Yeah. Just in the scene. Um
0: and so then he, he decided, well, you know, if people think I'm interesting, then I may as well form a punk band myself. So he did. He formed this band called the The Nipple Erectors. Um okay. later <laughs> shortened to the it's Nips. Tricky. Um, Which didn't go too far. Yeah, the nips. yep. Um, Which didn't go too far. They did have one kind of minor hit in England. But uh, the big thing that started happening to them was in the early 80s, after London had moved on from like the new wave scene, uh, or moved on to the new wave scene, he was like, yeah, everything was just trash. It was just one idiot with a synthesizer. But the only alternative to that at the time was these bands that were doing so-called world music, you know, people doing Mm. South American or African music. And he thought to himself, well, if people are being ethnic, I may as well be my own ethnic. And he decided to kind of like, well, why don't I just go back to these roots of these songs that I've been singing since I was three and turn up the volume. So he formed this band called the Pogues, um, originally called the Pogue, just called Pogue Mahone, which is actually an Irish term for kiss my ass. Um, (laughs) So they shortened it just the Pogues later. But, yeah, it was this crazy thing. It, you, you think of all these bands now, like the Dropkick Murphys, you know, or, like, the, you know, the mm-hmm. music from, like, oh, yeah. The Departed or stuff like that. Like, it's kind yeah, of exactly. a, a Irish punk is kind of a thing now, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. yeah, totally. But the Pogues started all of that. And they were a very, yeah, very, like, mainly acoustic band. They had a banjo player. They had a guy playing, like, the tin whistle. They had a guy playing, like, the accordion. They had a guy just playing snare and bass drum. Shane McGowan up there screaming and, um, you know, kept it very traditional, but just amped up. Yeah, and flog- fl- flogging Molly. Is flogging one? Molly. Yes, exactly. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: So the, there, there's a few scenes from that show, The Wire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they, they'll have these kind of, there's like an Irish bar that they go to, all the cops. Yep, yep and uh, I feel like that, like that that's what it always makes me think of
0: there's that a by, there's yeah a that song yeah. yeah there's a very famous uh, scene where all the it's at a funeral I get the I think one of the guys laid out on the pool table which is actually right. in um, Sidebar Isn't it? Sidebar yeah it's Sidebar yeah it's yeah, Sidebar yeah, right exactly <laughs> did they
1: actually film it in the inside Sidebar yes or? they did Yeah. yeah.
0: I, knew, I knew the exterior I was like I've played there <laughs> yeah I actually they no, they I should you, step back what? it definitely is the exterior of Sidebar I don't know if it is the interior but you're right yeah but, yeah, the, it, it, the, it's the music but that's it, being if, played during that is the Pogues, and it's a famous is Shane it the Pogues. song. Okay, what well yeah. that's where I've heard him then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I kind of touched on his singing. I would like to touch more on his his lyrics, um, but for right now, let me play a song that uh, gets me every time. This is at the very end of their second album, which is called Rum, Rum Sodomy, and the Lash. And uh, this song is not written by Shane McGowan. It's called The Band Played Waltzing Matilda, which is actually a really famous song that was written in 1971 by this Australian guy. And it's all about the Australian shol- soldiers going off to fight in the Battle of Gallipoli in World War I. And it's this really, really, I mean, gruesome song talking about this guy going off and shipping off with his friends to go fight in this war that they don't know anything about. They get blown to pieces by the Turks that are putting up a defense on the island of Gallipoli. And then whenever they come home, nobody seems to care. He got both of his legs blown off. um, And he has to live the rest of his life while the people have forgotten about this war that he gave his life for. I mean, it's really, really heart-wrenching stuff. Um, Yeah. And I got to tell you, I I was listening to this song this morning, and I just started bawling. I'm supposed to be doing work. (laughs) I just started bawling because... I don't know. There's something about Shane's delivery in this that just just rips me up inside. So anyway, this is um, uh, kind of the middle of the band played "Waltzing Matilda." Let's do it.
4: So they collected the cripples, the wounded, and mine, and they shipped us back home to Australia. The legless, the armless, the blind and insane, those proud wounded heroes, of so glad. And as our ship pulled in so circular key, I looked at the place where me legs used to be, and thank Christ. There was nobody waiting for me To grieve and to mourn and to pity And the band played waltzing Matilda As they carried us down the gangway But nobody cheered they just stood and stared and they turn their faces away. And now, every Nice.
0: Gia. So, yeah, cool. pretty sweet. Yeah. I don't know. Shane was just a cool guy, man. And uh, didn't really ever change his lifestyle or anything for anybody. Um, got kicked out of his own band, the Pogues, in 1989. Really? Yep. No, I'm sorry, 1991, um, for being drunk and crazy. Um, Formed formed his own band.
2: That was was what I was going to say. I think I heard this like Friday listening to one of the podcasts I listened to. um, And the guy was talking about it, and he said he had seen the Pogues three times. (laughs) And every single time he saw them, um, somewhere within the first hour, Shane McGowan grabbed an entire handle of whiskey. Yeah chugged the entire thing and then just passed out on the stage (laughs) and that was pretty much the the show
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, i think that happened quite a bit there um yeah yeah uh so yeah he never changed for anybody he uh he lived his life man and uh god bless him for it he he was a he was a beautiful man and uh i i would just also say i you know i don't know anything really or have any connection to irish history but he was a he was a profound you know lover of all things irish and a proud you know ira supporter irish republican till the day he died and he had this one quote uh, he said my crusade was to make irish music hip again and from the irish music to make the irish language hip again and from the and from then to make the irish literature hip again all mm-hmm. to build irish self esteem so he kind of had this chip on his shoulder you know, most of his life, as I think many Irish people do. Yeah, hmm. but
2: also, but also was proud of that heritage and Absolutely. put it out there and yeah. wanted to celebrate it. And I think he did a heck of a job of me influenced an entire generation of artists. He sure did. Yeah, to do likewise, yeah. right? So, I mean, job well done, sir. Yeah.
0: So let me close mm-hmm. because
2: it is the Christmas season,
0: and uh, oh, I would yes, be this remiss, one I know. you know, this is the perfect opportunity to play which is something that is undisputedly the greatest Christmas song of all time. Mm -hmm. In the worst possible (laughs) way. (laughs) No, it's great. No, is this, is this the Pogues? This is the Pogues. This is the Pogues from 1988 from that same album from the first, uh, this, the first song that I played. Uh, this is called fairy tale of New York. And, uh, this is, this is a duet with a woman named Kirstie McCall, who is also a fantastic singer. And, um, I mean, this this song, I'm sure you've heard it before, but I would really urge you to go back and listen to it again. This is like a, according to what I've seen, this is the most played Christmas song in the 21st century so far. <laughs> oh, wow. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, it's by far my favorite Christmas song. Close second is all the Phil Spector Christmas stuff. But this is, this is definitely right. top of the heap. It tells the story um, of this... It, it opens with a guy in a drunk tank on Christmas Eve. And uh, he's getting sick of all the other drunk people in the drunk tank with him. So he rolls over and he thinks of his love, who he's not going to get to spend Christmas with. Right, and Christmas then it cuts the to tank. his love, who is talking about the dreams that they once had when they moved to New York from Ireland. And mm-hmm. the dreams that they had together. And because they both are complete f ups in this story, they mm-hmm. both ruin it. And Mm -hmm. then the third verse, which is where the part where I'm going to (laughs) play, is when they start fighting with each other in the middle of the song and calling each other (laughs) dirty names, which I'm going to have to bleep out because you're not allowed to say these things on the radio anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, but then the most beautiful part and the part that gets me is the very last verse when the male protagonist says, I dream, I could have been, I could have been huge. And the woman responds by saying, well, anybody could be huge. <laughs> mm-hmm. But mm. I put my dreams in you, and you throw them away. And then the the guy says, yeah, but I still have those dreams with me, and I'll carry them with me for the rest of my life. It's just like the most beautiful, poignant message, all wrapped mm-hmm. up in this Christmas scene. And it's, yeah. yeah. Okay, enough of there me. There you go.
2: You're right. You're right. You're doing good.
0: This is called Fairy Tale of New York. <laughs> this is Shane McGowan and the Pogues with Chris- Kirstie Love McCall you. from 1988. Love it. The pink
4: coil is singing, going away. By, and the bells are ringing out for Christmas Day.
0: song ever pretty (laughs) nice
2: that's awesome yeah
0: so anyway that's shane mcgowan that's uh my tribute to him and thank you for everything and uh
2: go back and listen to him he's got a little bit more to say than
0: what's on the uh the surface
2: sure cool. you just got to have the lyric sheet in front of you you do have to have the <laughs>
0: lyric
2: sheet
0: in front of you that's for sure it does help it does help yep he
2: i think i heard my name in there
0: yeah.
2: cool. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very very much Oh yeah. uh, man yeah very cool um yeah, I do love that that Christmas song I think I I hadn't actually heard that and it's been it was just a few years ago when I when I first heard that and I was like no I've never absolutely never heard this so it's yeah recent uh, recent converts so I would definitely go check them out Excellent. but I I would like to follow up on some uh, some news that I reported last week uh, very briefly because I saw the headline and knew that was gonna be big but figured I'd toss it into the news with Nick which was the story that BMI um, which is which, along with ASCAP, they're like the major performing rights organizations in the U.S. Right, yep. so they kind of act like 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 houses to basically sell licenses to the streaming services, of the radio stations, like the retail stores, and all that stuff, right?
1: I, was gonna, I have a BMI account.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I guess a BMI I'm an yeah, ASCAP. The different. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: so,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: but no, uh, he, maybe I should have gone with ASCAP no, with, no, with, no. with where this is headed, but.
0: No, no, uh, it's uh, it's the the idea is that it's supposed to be an easy place for commercial services that want to play copyrighted music, so they don't have right. to reach out to each individual artist. So they have one place to go to. They can purchase a contract with them, and they have access to all their licensed music.
2: Exactly right. And these these organizations, I think ASCAP was started in like 1919. And BMI was started in, I think it was 1941 to compete with ASCAP because artists were getting uh, upset with ASCAP. And then we had the, the whole big, we've talked about this a little bit, the whole big Paola scandal in the 50s right. with the radio stations. And that brought the Justice Department in hard. <laughs> and they created a lot of antitrust, what are called consent decrees, that kind of regulate how ASCAP and BMI do their work. Uh, so these organizations have existed, they're both nonprofits. Um, they both take 10% for themselves to basically run run the ship, okay. and 90% of whatever they collect, they distribute to artists. Gotcha. And then last week, there's this article uh, that BMI, one of these two behemoths, has agreed to sell itself to New Mountain Capital, oh, which is a private equity firm.
0: That's right.
2: And uh, they're doing this because they're moving to a for-profit model. Yay. Huh. For-profit for, right. for who? For BMI, for BMI, right? <laughs> so, my first question was, how is this? How is this legal? I thought they were under all these crazy consent decrees, mm. um, uh, and I don't have an answer for that because I'm not a lawyer. Um, but I do have a why, and that's what I thought I would I would briefly bring up because I'm actually kind of excited to get to Greg's topic. Before I do that, before I jump into the why though, I do have a song that I would like to play. this Oh, right, yes. Uh, I didn't want to come too fresh off of the the lovely Shane McGowan Christmas greatest <laughs> Christmas song ever. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> so last week I had this new album pop up in my uh, in my Apple Music feed, and it was by Ray's Regal and White Denim. Right. Um, and really liked this song, really cool sound, um, and I decided I would check out White Denim. Uh, because I kind of looked into Razor Eagle, didn't see a whole ton of of other stuff to check out. So they have an album uh, that came up uh, earlier this year, but the song that I would like to play is from their 2020 album called World as a Waiting Room, Uh, and this song is called Matter of Matter. so good man they, they are awesome they're like there's something 70s about them um, but and the singers really got a, a diverse range of sounds that he comes up with I he mean does, like in yeah. his voice um, yeah uh, really really enjoy it and super tight it was yeah. like uh, it's like dolls on steroids or something like yeah. that um,
0: <laughs> yeah they really were cool. a revelation to me whenever Tim our mutual friend that's Tim, right your cousin Tim Younger my cousin my cousin Tim Younger yep. Yeah. yeah
2: gotta have him on Cool. All right. So White Denim. Go check them out. They're awesome. Um, So back to this BMI acquisition uh, story, uh, which I I don't know what this means. Uh, All I know is that what they've announced so far about a month ago before this acquisition occurred was that they were going to raise the amount of that they were going to retain from 10% to 15%. um, And that they were exploring for-profit models. Um, right. So I, I'm assuming there's some regulatory body internally that allows them to have some autonomy over what happens to themselves, uh, and ultimately decided they were going to go ahead with this acquisition strategy, which they'll still have to fall within the terms of how they're regulated, right? Um, but but what I what I did find out uh, through this article in the New York Times, and I'll link to these in the in the show notes, um, was that back in 2014 both ASCAP and BMI jointly approached the Justice Department to ask them to update the uh, consent decrees that had been issued. I think they were in place since 1941 um, because they needed to adopt to the digital music era. Um, right. And two years later, in response, the Justice Department said, no, all the, disc- all the consent decrees stand. Um, the only thing they added to that was that you now, that you both, ASCAP and BMI, now must offer 100% licensing of your songs. Every, every song that you have in your, in, that, you, that you represent needs to be made available for licensing purposes. Hardcore. Hardcore uh, trombone <laughs> wah-wah. Um,
0: well, we weren't really asking for that, sir. <laughs> um, right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, to which I think in the article from twenty sixteen that, that covers this, ASCAP immediately like freaked out and like went to the lawyers to appeal. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, BMI immediately went to the lawyers to appeal, and ASCAP said we're gonna try to buy the. We're gonna basically buy lobbyists to try to get this taken care of in Congress. <laughs> That's that was their strategy to get uh-huh. get past this. Um, so the, the the problem with this is that um, I think within BMI's catalog. Um, of millions and millions of songs. They had like 300,000 tracks that were basically co-written by both a BMI and it could be an ASCAP, it could be an artist that's represented by another. There there are a couple other ones um, that had also, a couple other ones that didn't follow, uh, that didn't fall within any of these consent decrees. These are, I think CSAC is a big one and then Global Rights Music or Global Rights Group, uh, which is one that started maybe 15, 20 years ago. Hmm. These kind of have been operating, they, they, they would be poaching some, lar- some of the larger artists because they would get them some some more lucrative licensing deals and ASCAP and BMI are s- sitting under these 1941 consent decrees operating under this really strict set of rules. So th- the problem with that 300,000 songs or so that that uh, BMI has in their license is that they're, they're co-written by a different, uh, by, by two artists, which means that under the terms of the consent decree uh it becomes a bidding war basically the the the
0: because you have to have 100 percent
2: licensing because right. you have it to have 100 percent licensing yeah. right right exactly yeah. and and essentially that became like this this downward spiral that has led us to where we are today which is that bmi has decided F- it we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and 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 uh let the private equity guys take over and figure out this crap that we can't figure out anymore. It, it almost seems like they're just putting their hands up, like we don't, we can't, sure. can operate within the system, and um, and we're done. Um, so, when
0: you shared that article today about that, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that happened in 2016. I thought that was a new thing that they're just trying mm. to figure out now. Nope. Wow.
2: <laughs> no, this this was this was uh, yeah, this was basically, and again, the fun, I think the funniest part of that article was that they that that they jointly approached the justice department in 2014 to say hello sir kindly would you update these <laughs> these archaic rules that it, that we find it very difficult to function within um,
0: um no but here's some more
2: <laughs> the rules are the rules are actually you no know, we're fine with the rules they're really complicated we didn't read them one other thing we wanted to add though <laughs> oh man <laughs> Oh, it does
0: make it crazy because you think about how many songs are co written or mm-hmm. have shared, you know, licensing yeah. deals. Yep. Oh, it's a, that's a crazy situation. It, it's oh.
2: really, it's really, it's wild how much of that era and, and the rules that came out of that, that payola scandal um, back in the 50s, like how much that still shapes how this entire industry and how messed up this entire industry. Is when it comes to the uh, the money side. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm really, not.
0: It, yeah, I'm not ahead. usually one for like corporate mergers or takeovers, but I mean, if somebody can start swinging a little bit of weight to like get this situation under control, I'm all for it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody can figure out a solution to, you know, this licensing problem, and hopefully in the process get a little bit more money for artists, and hopefully if that Means get a little bit more money for you know ASCAP I, That's fine as long as it filters down to the artists. That's too. Yep. That's fine. You know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: that is the goal, uh, and that is what they're saying. Their goal will be will be to become a more lucrative destination for artists to come to. Um, minority partner in this deal um, is actually uh, uh, an equity firm called Capital G, which is which is Google, which is Alphabet. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're also in the mix here. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> At least it's not Spotify. Yeah, I guess.
0: Via <laughs> conflict right. of
2: interest. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm still digging into this. This is some complicated stuff, but still, it's really interesting. I find yeah. it
0: fascinating. Nah, I appreciate you bringing it, it to light because, man, it's just tricky. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm interested in the stuff, and it's still very opaque to me. You
2: mm-hmm. know? Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I will keep digging, um, but yeah, that please. is that's what I've got to report for today. So, um, thanks, Nick. I will turn it over to you, Gregorius. Hey now.
1: Hey, hey. now. <laughs> How we doing out there?
2: Good. Seven across. Right. Hey now.
1: We good. Yeah. We good. We good. All right. Well, so um, today I'm going to talk about two songs that may or may not sound a lot like each other, and try to break down why that is. Okay. Um. And it was inspired by um, a message that I received from Kaz's brother Mike. and oh, he says, okay, in different keys, but I noticed that Swift's Taylor Swift's "Don't blame me is a pretty big ripoff of Hosier's Take me to church.
0: Oh, okay. Are you familiar with Taylor Swifts song? Which,
2: which, what's Taylor Swift's song? Don't blame me. Don't blame me, okay.
0: And I know I know take me to church. I know
1: the Hosier song. Right. as did I. Matter of fact, I've actually worked on it with some students before. I, I'm not familiar with the Taylor Swift song, so, so I couldn't answer him okay until I listened to this Taylor Swift song. But I kept forgetting to do it. Sure, <laughs> I also, also today I was kind of struggling to find a topic, and then I realized, wait a minute, I could just maybe ah. why don't I just solve this in real don't time with, with the one voice. stone. Yes. Now for technical reasons I'm not gonna do this exactly the way in which I would because I would probably be like listening and going back and listening and going back and that's not really gonna fly. But luckily I do know Take Me to Church. Let's talk let's start out. This is this bit's gonna be called In Theory. Let's in start theory. out by listening to Take Me to Church. Okay. And then I'll okay. do an analysis of that. And then we'll listen to the Taylor Swift song and then I'll do a little analysis of that and see where things overlap. Love Sounds it. That's good. All right. Let me stand the
5: good girl. Let me give you my life. Take me to church.
2: Know that one okay. well. Okay, so, so that, was, that was 2013, right?
1: That I do not know. 2013, really? It's been that long. That
2: the hosher song.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. For context. That's cool. So, um, yeah, very cool song. Kind of one of those. Uh, it, it's it's kind of stood the test of time so far. Yeah. It's got a few interesting sections. Yeah. Actually. Um, okay. And it's not like a very even song, if you will. I'll explain what I mean. So, here, let's see. You can hear that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Sure I, might, I might switch the sound. Hang on a second. I think it might be better for if I just straight, straight piano sound. Okay. 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 All right. Here we go. So, just by listening to the beginning of the song, I sensed that the. Tonic or the home note of this or the key is mm-hmm. E. It kind of always comes back to this sound. And not yep. and to be more specific, not an E major. Like that, but an E minor, which sounds like this.
2: There and it is. Second difference the difference between
1: those keys. two is that I changed this note to e the third.
2: It's your of all the keys, really. Yeah.
1: So here's the E minor. So the way this, this song, well, before I actually get into the song, I'm going to explain something, how I'm going to think of this. So here's the first chord of E minor. It's actually the E minor chord, right? Sorry for any, okay. I apologize ahead of time for any piano flubs. <laughs> this would be kind of the, the second chord. We're not going to really end up running into this too often. It's an F sharp diminished. Then we have G major. This you hear a lot. E minor to G Yeah. yeah. so I'm going to basically for the s- sake of figuring out this song quickly this is going to be our one chord the E minor It's going to be our three it's actually like a minor three out of head but it's actually a major it's a G major but one two three hear how I'm getting there yeah mm-hmm. okay this is going to be the four chord A minor mm-hmm. this is going to be the five chord the B major it's gonna be the sixth chord, C major, and then seven, and then. See? So I'm just like going mm-hmm. through the chords that the scale gives me. Yeah. And I'm just numbering them. I'm just numbering them, one through seven. Yep. yep. All right. So the way this song starts, it goes. Okay. Yep. Okay. So that was just a one, one. Anybody guess which one that is? Three? Four. Four. This is three. Got it. So it goes one, one, four, one, one, and then four again, down to three, and then four, one, you see? Yep. And it's a—it's actually when I was saying before, it's not an even song. It's in a three-four time.
0: Is that what's happening is, during the verse? It's like yes, during the verse, it
1: changes during the chorus. It goes to like a four-four. Yeah. But okay. yes. Yeah. Anyway, I just played it a, a few times. So, then there's like these, these chords that come in, then back. Okay. But those two yep. chords there, this... we were born sick, I heard them say it. That is the seven and the six. Yep. Okay. Okay. So so we have used one, three, four, six, and seven so far. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now we're going to go to the, um, the uh, chorus. There's a little bit of a uh, turnaround there that goes... Which is very reminiscent of Pink Floyd, Have a Cigar. (laughs) 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 Same rhythm. Anyway, a lot of those Pink Floyd turnarounds have found their way into um, modern day hits. Sure, they have. Um, You know, like uh, go listen to Elephant by Tame Impala. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: There's a whole, uh, yeah, there's a different, like the one from Money, I think. Yes,
3: exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. so now here's the chorus, and now suddenly we're actually in a four, four time signature. So, what we were talking about before with the time signatures is just like one, two, three, one, two, three. Okay, this is going to actually be 1, two, 3, and uh, four. Uh, uh. Now, which one is which chord is that? Five. Ooh. There's the five, right? Yeah, and that's going to actually take us to three, four. started so that's how i map out this song sounds right to me yeah and i can you know i i've heard this song before i worked on it with some students but i had to actually i i I couldn't just listen to this one one time and write it all out perfectly like some songs are very uh repetitive and once Mm -hmm. you figure out the pattern you're kind of set yep um this one is not like that this one's like extremely detailed um, with its uh, arrangement. So now the question was Is that song the same as this Taylor Swift song? Don't Blame Me. I think we should listen to the Taylor Swift song now. Let's do it. Okay. All right. I've
5: been breaking hearts a long time and toying with the mold guys just to play things for me to you Timing, the darkest little paradise, shaking, racing. I just need you. For you, I would cross the line. I would waste my time. I would lose my mind. They say she's gone too far this time.
0: Okay.
1: Well, what, what, what do you guys think? Does it, does it ring any bells? Are you like, this, these two songs sound
2: nothing alike? What, what do you think? <laughs> it's the uh, kind of thing that I think a court would find somehow was a copyright <laughs> violation, but I don't hear it.
0: Yeah. Hmm. What I? They're definitely not the same songs. I think what is being picked up on is the production elements and the fact that it's in a minor key and it's kind of got that kind of dirgy quality mm-hmm. to it but the chord, the chord structure is completely different and the time signature as you said in the the hosier was is three four
2: there, there are some similar elements yeah, it's the four three or three four four three one thing it sounds like it overlaps maybe and yeah and there might be some so, rhythmic stuff but like
1: let's take a quick look at this one it's yeah. actually far simpler as far as like mapping out yeah. Not that not that every okay. Taylor Swift song is like that because I've seen I've come come across some more complicated ones. This one also in a minor key, but it's not in, it's not in this key. It's an A minor. Which is this one. So now this is our new like home. Yep. And it goes okay. So it starts on the one chord, which is which is now A minor, and we're actually gonna go backwards. So you remember how we went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? Like mm-hmm. in this key, it's gonna be. Actually, all the white keys. Yeah. Do you ever want to tinker C, around? C major. Yeah. C major is right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. the relative major of A minor. Exactly. So this one, hang on, let me pull this up real quick. I uh, yeah. I did a quick and dirty little transcription here uh, right before. Come on, TT, where you are? There ah, we go. All right. So this one. Two. So we're gonna actually go down to seven. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And then six. And then up to three, four, one. So that, I think this part. Um, bom, bom. Yeah, that's a, Yeah. Especially yeah. because it's followed by. Three, four, by, one. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. It does the rhythmic yeah. down out. Yeah. Down out. It actually, it doesn't, it specifically doesn't do. It just goes. Mm. Oh, sorry, not that. It goes, mm, 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 mm. yeah, yeah. But you yeah. can hear it. It's,
2: it's the accents it, almost. Like the, the accents, like are, the, the the, accents yeah.
1: are in the same place. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and actually, the time signature of the, if we were just to look at the choruses, I'm not, there's definitely not a case for, for what, like Copyright. Hozier to go after Tay Tay and say, yeah. hey, wait, you know, you stole my song. Yeah, it's worse than you, you could ever do. Yeah, I wouldn't Sorry, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think he's, I mean <laughs> Taylor guys, guys, would destroy you he says yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah come at the queen you best not miss that's mm, right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: man. second wire but, reference of the show yeah that's true. oh I can go all night man <laughs> anyway.
1: you want to scrapple with that <laughs> wait can I get can I get scrapple with that you can get whatever you want anyway <laughs> so I like playing the this this kind of game you know, and I think Mike, you you have a pretty good um I can see why your yeah I can sensor see went off yeah mm-hmm. sure you know, but it's not that much different from when I heard Hozier and heard whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, you know, like, except he he see he was smart he went now let's change it to <laughs> instead of you know, it's like same rhythm, same moment
0: in the song yep. where you would have it. You know, yeah. so I think there's um, also something to be said, and, and I agree, like the, the two songs have a very similar feel, like mm-hmm. a production I hear feel you. to it. You know, the, yeah. the drums are set the same way. You know, It's got the same kind of instrumentation to it. So, you know, it's that dark kind of thing. Yeah, kind of like you know? a
2: churchy vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Yeah. I get it's, it, uh, I
1: get it. Somber. But yeah, so that's in theory. I wanted to uh, actually uh, just throw in a little, a quick little bonus round for those of us Ooh, who are. Uh, oh, snap. Who are, I had a student who, this week who brought something really interesting. Uh, actually, I think he did this like two weeks ago. But this is going to be in a little bit in the, of the jazzier. Okay, okay. I'm going to switch back to my organ setting. Okay, so we talked about this, you know, jazz baby, a two-five-one turnaround, which is when you know. Let's see if I was in this key, it's F major, so okay, this is kind of like our one chord, F major seven, the two mm-hmm. is a G minor seven, Okay. The five, and we're going to skip to five, just for the sake of time, So is a C seven, so this happens all the time in jazz, a two, five, one turnaround. Here's the one again. Here's the two. Here's the five. Okay. So you hear this in jazz all the time. Okay. That's kind of a corny way of playing it. I'm going to try to make mm-hmm. it a little hipper by adding more notes into the chords.
2: Like that?
1: <laughs> That's like when you add like ninths. Yeah, that was so, Yeah. But so I had a student though who pointed something out. He's like, when you go to a... C chorus, a C uh, dominant chord. Okay. Okay. What you want to try to do in jazz is when you go this two, five, that's what I meant by dominant chord, this, the one that is going to resolve back to sure. the one. Yeah. You want to like mess that one up as much as you can. Okay. <laughs> okay. Why do you say and, that? because what you what you want to not when i say mess it up i mean like add dissonance add some stuff yeah yeah you want yeah that's the one where you want to really that's where you're going to get away with the most stuff pretty much okay the okay. most like dissonance yeah so uh, <clears throat> let me let me like this is the basic version right right okay but then you can go like <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because uh, you, yeah, as as you have, because you have the leading tone, the the seven going to the one that's leading you there, and you can f- around with the rest of the chord, right? Yeah, there's basically two
1: notes that are the third and right. the flat seven. of this, this. So that's going there, and this is like not just in jazz. This is in like Bach. Yeah. This is in every, every, everything. Yeah. Um, but you can do. <laughs> and so, like and, and that stuff though it becomes it's hard to hear and so that's why the theory helps us to kind of work it out. And so what I've learned is that when you get to a dominant chord like that, which is the another way of saying the five, it's going to take you to, to your one so okay, this is the last bit okay i'm I'm not going to go too much further than this, but this is our root what we want to add are altered tones. Okay? OK? Those, and that ends up being a flat nine, which is like <laughs> just like a half step above the octave. Mm-hmm. Okay? A sharp nine A flat five. a sharp five. Okay? So these notes are like considered the altered tones. Okay. And so they still end up because revolving.
0: they're all a half step away from your root chord, right? Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly, Jay. Yeah. And so that, and not only that, but the, the flat seven. But so what's fun, so I've known about that for a long time. Okay. But what my student pointed out is that if you're playing a C7, then all of the black keys become your altered tones. Really? Yeah, so you can basically just like smash as many black keys as you want, and it'll sound awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I love
0: that yeah. how it. We took ten minutes that's to get where, to a very yeah. specific, <laughs> awesome cheat. It's a yeah. Is C. Well, jazz okay. teachers hate black this piece.
1: hack. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, some will say it's photoshopped, uh, but no, dude. Because like, if you're playing to the
0: key of F major.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now think about this, though. Think about how many. Go into the real book. Go look how many songs are in yeah, F major. Yeah, in F
2: major. F so many.
1: Brilliant. I yeah, love isn't it. I, awesome? I love it. Yeah. And like, and listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like. <laughs> Like, I'm not a jazz <laughs> organist right. but like, I can <laughs> and you sort of go from all black keys and then you can like sort sort of go back to white keys it's like all black all keys, white, all white yeah. keys yeah. even though we're not in the key of C the key no. of F if you can play yeah, all white keys you're flat almost flat. there And That's it's
0: if this yeah, reaches yeah. 1% of our audience it's totally moving <laughs> I love yeah. it I love it <laughs>
2: But you should always suggest yeah. playing in F major.
1: It's also the E flat minor pentatonic scale, Jay. You know, like all the black keys.
0: Oh, all of a sudden I love E flat minor. This
3: one's I'm just playing, playing black keys. My love <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: but so but that's the same thing as.
3: <laughs> so, so have fun with it. that I one, kids. It. That's yeah.
1: great. <laughs> I'm always looking for the hacks, you know. <laughs> in Jess, theory,
0: hate this one trick. <laughs> oh, oh my god. It's great. Come on. Good stuff, right? Good that stuff. is fantastic. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Hey. Yeah. Hey, look man, those guys had tricks back in the day. They weren't mm-hmm. they didn't have like 4 years of Berkeley. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, like how did Thelonious Monk play all that? Shit? I don't know. I'm a, I'm a smart guy obviously, but like yeah. There had to have been some hacks.
0: I love it. You know? I love it. All right. All right well, speaking okay. of hacks, hack your way out of this one, buddy. Okay I'll define, folks, how to get your sh- how to get in touch with us. Should they choose to you just turn to Shane McGowan for a second?
2: If
1: they wanna, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can find us online at youshouldcheckitout.com. Send us an email, yeah, exactly. at gmail You can find us on social media on Facebook, on Instagram. Media. Our X handle is at should check. Although I don't know, I don't know how long X is going to be around. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are heard are <laughs> listen Or listened to Or heard That's what I usually say oh, sure. isn't it? Wherever podcasts to are heard. Listen to, heard Apple Podcasts, Spotify mm-hmm. Leave a review and as always tell a friend You should check it out
0: You should check it out And we're gonna come up with Shane
5: McGowan Welcoming to you too You should check it out On Thursdays every week
1: Happy Thursday, everybody.
0: Happy <laughs> Peace Thursday. out. <laughs>